In my life, everything that I have is thanks to somebody. I just think it's all about doing the work. I mean, your life is just really going to suck sometimes, but there's always moments in it that you should be that you could be grateful for. Making art is not about making perfect art all the time. Making art is about making art. You know, my roots are in the ground in a, in a way that they haven't been before, and I feel that this is an opportunity for me to make what I want. Welcome to the Gratitude Attitude Show, Season 2. I'm your host, Isaac Ramos. Let's be thankful for being able to use our minds and bodies to express ourselves. We want to find ways to help each other cultivate a gratitude mindset. The Gratitude Attitude Show speaks with creative people on how they find ways to stay positive and keep themselves moving ahead. The Gratitude Attitude Show is brought to you by Peace Sports. Peace Sports is about spreading positive messages. We are inspired by people and their passions. We believe you need to move your body to keep your mind healthy. Follow us on Instagram at peace.sports or online at peacesports.org. Music by Jay Tripp. In this episode, we speak with Ashley Maycumber, a fine artist known for her ability to transform common themes like animals and nature into totally unique works of art. Ashley has been sharing works from a new series of portraits, and they really interested me. She spoke with us about this new phase of her work, how going sober has changed her life, and what TV shows she's been watching lately. Welcome to the show, Ashley Snow Maycomber. Do you use snow? No, just Ashley Maycomber. Yeah. yeah, I use Ashley Snow Maycomber all the time. But people ask me if it's my maiden name now. <laughs> it could have been. It was like, is that, that's not where it comes from. Though. No, it's my middle name. Yeah, but Ashley Maycomber, it's all, either way, ASM has a strong one. That's one I always like. It's like embroidered on a shirt, you know, something like that from your Massachusetts roots, maybe. You know, you're from Massachusetts, uh, but you live in LA. Yep. Do you claim Massachusetts ever? Do you say that or no? By this point? I try not to claim Massachusetts, to be honest. I'll cut this. I'll cut this part. Uh, oh, really? No, you can keep it in. I told you I'm an open book. But you live in like, LA. Why do you stay in LA? I've been in LA since 2002. That's a long time. Yeah. Why do you stay? What's the, what keeps you here? Farmer's market or what's the... <laughs> Uh, what keeps me in LA? Well, you know, at first, well, it's not the East Coast. That's yeah. the number one thing. Second thing is you can look out and live in a city. You can look out and see palm trees and far away. Mm-hmm. I like being able to see far away when I go outside. And um, now all my friends are here. So the yeah. idea of moving terrifies me because I have such long-standing friendships that are so valuable to me that it okay. seems like... I don't know if I can ever create that again. Yeah, you're home. That's for sure. That's why I like seeing, I, I like to, when I, I was thinking about where have I seen Ashley in the last five years and it's always out supporting people, always out at mutual friends or food. So I'm supporting some food. That's dude, the food of LA keeps, that's what keeps me here. LA food. This was later in my question list, but what about uh, TV and books or pandemic life? I mean, it sounds like you're staying home, but what TV and books have you been jamming on? Anything? there's been so many things since the the pandemic started you know like it started in one place and now it's gone to this new place um 
like you have a more of a, a pedigree of, of streaming now? <laughs> it's gotten worse and worse. Oh, yeah. You know, I think I started out strong with things that were like had value. And you do and well. Now, and now, to be completely honest with you, I watch Lifetime movies. They're streaming? Yeah. No, I have live streaming cable. Okay. okay. And so there's all these Lifetime movies about murders, like crazy people murdering each other that make absolutely no sense. But there's a whole series of ones that Vivica A. Foss, Fox is involved with, and they're all called like The Wrong Boyfriend, The Wrong Real Estate Agent, The Wrong Best Friend. And she and solves you, them? She's the solver or she's the victim? No, she's just sort of there. And okay. at the, <laughs> But inevitably in every movie she goes... I guess you picked the wrong chef. <laughs> <laughs> she throws the punchline at everyone. Oh my God. Yeah. So that I've also started watching HSN and QVC. Live I don't know why. Just like, Oh, cause you have cable. So that's why. And yeah. then I'm really into uh, Netflix. I really like watching Korean dramas. What about, uh, do you, you want to talk about your artwork? Actually, I had a couple of questions about your new work, your new cool stuff. Is it too, too soon? No, you, you, are the, you are leading this whole Good. thing. I'm Good. doing whatever you want. Good. Let's talk about this. I'll cut that right there. I'm going to, I'm going to trim that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about those new works. Uh, I mean, it seems like your kind of works on paper, but they're kind of paper sculpture. They're kind of crossing into some other things I've never seen, but they seem like they coming out of like a workshop or, and then now you're kind of seeing some light of day or are we seeing them in progress? Tell me more about these things. Well, <clears throat> all the new works um, have been made, started in the middle of 2019. And then because of the way the world went, I've had more time and I've just naturally progressed into being more dedicated to these things. <laughs> like somehow it all synced up for me. And so, uh, I've been working on them all through, like halfway through 2019, all through 2020, and now, and I'm in progress. It's, you're seeing them mostly in progress at this point. But yeah, I mean, I call them works on paper because I think that's the literal term, right. or that's what I would think the literal term is in the art world, but I actually think of these things as paintings. I don't think of them, they're three-dimensional, but they sit, they sit on the wall, so yeah. I really see them as paintings, honestly. Like they wouldn't go in a frame eventually. It can't go in or like a, will it do, would it go in a frame in, in some way? Yeah. Or, okay. That would be cool. I was like, I wonder what it would look like in a box or shadow kind of thing. I mean, I imagine it in a frame because they're fragile. I mean, none of them come out that far. They're only about like at the most like six or seven inches. Okay. So it could, it wouldn't be too wild, but yeah, then it would get some of that um, shadows and different things. that would be very interesting to see. Um, but what are these, um, so you plan to do more? I mean, now you're on a tear. You're getting some more energy on them, I guess. So you're 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 working on more and more. You got more ideas. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like you know, <clears throat> I guess what you're seeing is the culmination of the beginning, or the culmination of the beginning, the beginning of a new, like a transformative phase for me. Mm -hmm. I kind of went through a phase where I just couldn't make anything, and I'm not entirely sure there's many reasons why I think when I think back about it but I really hit sort of a I, I thought I thought I was having an existential crisis but I think now it's a combination of things and I've worked through that over the last couple of years and now I kind of feel like I'm back 
to how I felt in my early to mid twenties where I'm just working all the time. Cause mm-hmm. that's really what I want to do with my life. It's really what brings me pleasure and purpose in the world. Well, I can tell actually, I mean, I definitely can tell that I love when you're outputting stuff and I see the stuff you can see it in the work or in the bigger picture. That's for sure. Um, Thank you. What uh, do you think it's like running out of fuel? Like, that's what I feel like as I get older is like, did I, or is it, did I uh, misinterpret what fuel was maybe and like think I needed something like, is it that kind of thing? I like the idea of what you said of misinterpreting the fuel. I think it's more like that. I mean, you definitely, I used to have so much fire in my body. In yeah. my you know, <laughs> just cold Steve Austin banners. Come on, let me get a stone cold Steve Austin on the wall. <laughs> There's just so much fire everywhere. It's almost like it was just a nightmare. And then that kind of settles, right? But there's something so awesome that's born from that. There's a serenity. There's a focus. There's a concentration that comes. And I feel like you can sort of transmute all that energy into a focus and be peaceful. And, and so I think that that's a great fact of getting older. Mm-hmm. And I think, but I think with my work, I, I wasn't, I reached a place where I felt that what I used to make work for and what I used to think were my goals didn't sit in my heart correctly. Yep. That makes sense. Oh yeah, I can hear. No, I hear that for sure. Yeah. Like it's like you get started on a train track and you keep going and then, you know, it, it takes a moment to really understand what's happening. Yeah. What, I feel like I went, yeah. What about the materials? Um, or actually, let me, before I get into materials, let me ask you, I mean, these are portraits. Are these people that you met through um, sobriety or people through like a program? Yeah. All these people, I mean, this whole new series is about sobriety and recovery and addiction. Um, you know, I got sober two and a half years ago. Congrats. And I think that started the process of this transformation that allowed me to see who I was, where I was going and where I wanted to go. And what I believe in, what I support, what I value, all of that stuff got redefined. And really when I got sober, it was, I thought to myself, you know, I may never paint again. I mean, maybe that's not for me. Maybe this path that I'm on is going to lead me to something else. Hmm. And I just wanted to be open to anything. But I made these friendships with people um, that have been so meaningful to me. And some of the people, I just... I have seen people that I think are miracles. Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely magical. And, and so everybody that I've painted is somebody that I see as a miracle, like somebody that I just think is absolutely amazing. And the first person I did was Mary, who is my dear friend, actually just passed away. But, you know, what she gave me and what she taught me and what she showed me, I wanted to, I thought when I first start, started thinking about doing our portrait, I just was thinking, it just popped into my head and it just felt so good. And I just wanted to do something that was going to make me really happy and 
felt right. So I painted her and I just wanted to see if I could actually make a painting where you could see how much I loved her. You do. I love that piece. That's really cool. The care yes. in it, the care in it, not to make you cry. But yeah, it, um. I mean, I know that sounds, I feel like I sound really schlocky now, no. like cheesy. I'm a giant cheese ball now, but can paintings do that? You know, like can our paintings, like what is the power of a painting and what is the power of a portrait and, and what do I want to give to the world? You know, like I just want to be of service. So what does that mean? And like, what am I going to give to the world? And I, I think that I decided that um, my way back to painting was realizing that like, this is something I'm really, I think I'm good at. This is what I have to give to the world. This is the, my best efforts. So mm -hmm. it became a lot less self-involved. And, and in that way, I felt like I could kind of get back into it and see it. So it started with Mary and then all my other friends. And I just... I just think it's really valuable. I think it's really valuable to see um, pictures of people that have recovered yeah. from addiction and like what they look like and what does a person that has addiction problems look like even. Mm -hmm. And they look like everybody. They look like you and me, everybody. You know, that's for yeah. sure. But I thought that I, you really can tell even just in the setup of the faces or in the colors or some of the things that you're doing that might not be um, – some choices you'd naturally make for some of your other fantasy work. I, I hate to call it that, but you know, more fantastical stuff, but like, this is like, you're like, no, I'm going to represent this in a, in a way and find a way to make it my own. But I didn't, I did notice that some of the colors, some of the choices are a little different in these. Um, and I could tell it was with respect to the, uh, the subject. It wasn't like a fake, you know, it wasn't like a, I'm going to make it up. Yeah. It's interesting because with these ones, it's like, I would ask people if I could take their picture and they would sort of dictate because I work from photographs, right? Okay. So they sort of dictate how they're, how they hold their bodies, how they're going to stand. And I didn't force that in any way. Like I decided to use that as a constraint, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is the picture they gave me. Yep. You know, they're sitting like this or they're standing like this, or are they just standing there looking weird? Like that's what I've got. That's good. And then I have then to work with that. And then add on top of it. Yeah, that's for sure. I like I like what you've added. That's for sure. Some of the stuff is very cool. What are these other? Um, what, what, tell me about these um, other pieces. These uh, seem like commissions or things that are not portraits. These like the feather piece. This one I shared that a, a few times. Let me tell you. I mean, I, this is the kind of thing that I'll see and I'm like, oh my god, I got to send this to this person or this person. So they like my cousin Kim. I really I don't know why I was like, check this out, Kim. Um, but what what are those? Uh, about or what's just side thing that was a commission for our yuna okay you know she's our been on the show oh man dear 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 beloved friend philosopher i'd do anything for her and okay. so um okay it was a commission nice it was a commission for somebody that was um what do you call it scorpio and so it had some of that vibe but I haven't really had chance to do. I haven't really had a chance to do other small works. I have things in the works in my brain. Yeah. But they haven't quite made it out. This, I've added this to my my. What, when I'm talking to artists, do you do a sketchbook or do you? How do you keep notes or like? I see those yellow things on the wall. What is that kind of stuff? Like just random words or ideas? Well, okay. Is that word that could be work too. <laughs> that stuff on the wall is when I decided I needed to make goals for each month and okay. to try to follow through useless i set it up and i've never gone back to it 
Just every single month and like January's filled in. I've been there. Last year. Um, and then I have a board over here that I, I, I mostly just write, write down my ideas mm -hmm. and pin them. I'm not a big sketcher. It doesn't make sense to me because as I'm making things, things change so much that it doesn't really work. I usually just have some idea in my mind and then it just churns in my mind over and over and over again. And keep it, just keep it there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I always like to think about how people notate stuff and I'm, I'm definitely learning more. People is just notes, like even a visual person, it's the words. So it doesn't maybe change or I don't know. Um, what about, um, what scale are some of these things actually? And like how, how long does it take you to make some of them? That's the one that I couldn't tell from some of the pictures. They're like 20 inches by 30 inches. Mm -hmm. Most of them, which I think is large. Yeah. Um, and it depends, you know, some of them got really fast, but the fastest I think takes a month. Um, but I'm, but these ones are slower because, because they're three dimensional. Um, you know, I used to plan everything out in the painting when I used to paint and mm -hmm. it would be, I would take all these images and I would do a collage and I used a photocopier and I did all this work to sort of create a finished image. And now I have the portrait, I have the picture of the person, but that's about it. And then I have to sort of build in everything that I want. And I like it this way because mm -hmm. then it's like, I've got this, I get to this certain place where the, the portrait might be done or like the background cactus might be done or some other background piece might be done. And then I have to solve a problem on how to make the rest of it work. And so some of them, like right now I have, um, my friend Kennedy almost done, but this, whatever is below her, I can't figure out. And I must've made like 12 mistakes. And so I'll be like, no, no, this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. And then I'll walk around the house being like, yes, yes, this is it. And then I'll take the dog for a walk and I'll be like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I'll go and I'll try to start doing it. And I'll be like, oh, this is awful. And then Other it types. just goes over and over. And over. It's a sort of torturous time period when mm -hmm. you don't know the answer to something. Well, especially in that 3D world. I mean, that's a sculpture. I mean, that's what I do like about it. It, it starts getting into some type of a, a little puzzle or something like that, at least like a paper puzzle or diorama. But I really like these guys who are doing miniature work. There's so many people who are like taking advantage of like their COVID time doing miniatures. Um, yeah. I, um, you know, I work in my living room, uh -huh. which is literally in the middle of the house. We're sitting in the middle of the house right now. Okay. There's three doorways in this room where <laughs> people can walk through and I've got a really small table. And so I'm basically just constantly juggling things all the time. I really should be working much smaller, but instead I just have these pieces everywhere. It's really. Okay. Uh, what about going bigger, Ashley? I mean, is there anything, I mean, would you go bigger? I mean, instantly, I mean, is this kind of thing where who knows where it'll go? Yeah. Who knows really? I mean, I'm trying not to think too hard about, I'm not trying, I'm trying not to limit myself in any way, shape or form. Yeah. It's hard because I want to work. It's hard because there's only so much work a person can make and it takes me a really long time to make things, um, which is a problem in a capitalist society. Not that I'm selling them in the first place, but just in terms of output and making, we live in this world that requires constant new newness and yeah. people have, you know, short term um, what do you call that? Really short um, memories? Or yes, <laughs> like right now. ADD, attention deficit. <laughs> I mean, we all have it from looking at our phones. And so yeah. 
you know, there's that problem, but I'm trying not to think about any of that. I mean, I'm also not trying to limit myself, but just imagine all the possibilities. Good. Yeah. I think think big. I love, I love to see where this stuff's going to go. Um, yeah. I can't wait to see more things of it, but no rush. No rush. No, I mean, that's what's awesome about being, you know, it's like I could sit here and be like, you know, my career is like there. I have no career right now. I mean, I don't have any shows. I'm just making this work in my house. Right. Mm -hmm. And I used to have much more of a career and I could be like totally bummed out on that. But I actually feel this immense sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. to like redefine everything how I want it to be. I make enough money that I don't have to be beholden to anybody else. And I can make things that feel right and really feel right to me. Like my, I feel like, you know, my roots are in the ground in a, in a way that they haven't been before. And I feel that this is an opportunity for me to make what I want for the world without any pressures that could hinder that. I love it. That's awesome. It's like a song. That's why I think it's like songwriting or any of that stuff. You're putting all your tricks or all your different references. and But I can see it like that kind of thing, like songwriting or anything like that. I always think something with music. I mean, you listen to a lot of music when you do your work or do you watch the TV? The Q- QVC? I watch a lot of TV. The QVC? I listen to I don't. Yeah, I know. I do have it on. I do have it on. It is a thing. It's a phase. It's a phase I'm embarrassed about. But anyway, I do have the TV on. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And um, the problem is, is when I listen to music, I get too jazzed because mm-hmm. I really like the dance music. Okay. And so it's really hard to paint when you're like, yeah. <laughs> when I want to groove, it's really hard. You need to have that at the end. Like it's a payoff, like a okay, dance session there. Yeah. What um, that leads me to get into my first question or my, to my set of questions. What about um, physical fitness or mental? I mean, what do, what do you do to stay fit or keep your? Uh, I mean, you've been going through the. Uh, you you have the dog. I don't know. I have a dog. Yeah. What else? Do you, anything physical? That requires fitness? walking. That's yeah. true. Yep. Um, I got really into this. Um, at home exercise person, you know, like um, that has an app, mm-hmm. right? start of quarantine because actually I had a much um, more hectic job before quarantine started. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't exercising at all. And in fact, I was really stressed out and had terrible back problems. And then I got furloughed and was stuck at home all the time and had enough time to work out. So I started doing this, this workout um, that's like 30 minutes, 45 minutes a day. And it like, slowly at first it was absolutely torturous as most exercise is but then slowly it's really started working for me my back started feeling better I ended up going to physical therapy and through physical therapy like solved all those back problems and I just that exercise every day um to keep my mind right because I have to do a lot of stuff to keep my mind right Mm -hmm. exercise I think it's important that's good to hear and then you yeah. stick with it. That's good. Do you do it on the phone? I like to, I did find the app that I like to use on the phone and somehow keep it on the phone. At least it keeps my attention. I don't know why. I have it. It's on my TV because they okay. have an app for the, for the Roku uh-huh. and I do it on the TV and I like it because she's, um, she's just so comforting. She's like, she's just, she just, she looks really exhausted too. And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, cool. Good. Good. That's 
that's real. I wonder if she's doing a lot of stuff on the side just to get. <laughs> well, the problem just... is she's pregnant now, right? <laughs> so she's like six months pregnant. This and is the worst because she was pregnant and she's way fitter than I am. So it makes it like torture because when I want to give up, I'm like, I can't. I mean, look at her. If she can do it with a baby in there, I I'm can do it the, yeah. naturally. Do you put the dog in the papoose then? Do you put the little dog <laughs> the dog in the little thing? No, in the I've front? tried to put the dog in a papoose. I've also tried to put the dog on a bike, and he doesn't like either of those things. <gasps> like in the basket? Yeah. I ha- well, I got a special bike seat. Uh-huh. Back when I had Franny, she used to love to ride in the bike. So I put her in this special bike seat that goes in between the handlebars and the seat. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the new dog or the, the current dog does not like that. I'll never forget. I took Hazel on one of those one time and she fell asleep from like just being just on a nice ride out in the day. And I had to like hold her up one hand from just slumping over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What about uh, mentors or uh, who do you feel thankful for, uh, Ashley? Anybody you can call a shout out or are you a mentor to somebody? Anything like that? No, I'm not a mentor to anyone, but well, I try to be helpful. All of them, come on. <laughs> right. I mean, I do do, I do do, I am a court-appointed special advocate for a child in foster care. Okay. Um, I started doing that a couple years ago. That's awesome. Um, and so I try my best, but um, I don't think it's a mentorship, really. I don't really think I have, um, I okay, so... Let me say this. When I was younger, I felt like I knew what was right for everyone and what everyone should do. You tell them what. (laughs) And now I realize I don't know what's best for me, so I don't know what's best for everybody. Um, And so I try really hard to not stick my nose in and just be there to support people, which is very, it's a very difficult task for me. So I don't think in any way that I mentor anybody. That's a big learning. In my life. Yeah. Everything that I have is thanks to somebody. I mean, seriously, like, like if I can think about it, it's like, man, in my 20, early, my, for my art stuff, you know, Chris Johansson, Ed Templeton, you know, my friend Kevin Christie, you Ooh, know. I love his new work. I love the new pieces he's putting out there. Yeah, it's awesome. Joe yeah. Jackson, like that whole crew of people, Aaron Rose, all those people have given me so much support. And like have helped me so much. And then I had people, you know, one of my first jobs when I moved to New York was to recreate these antique textiles with gouache, you know, because back oh, then yeah. we weren't doing anything digitally. So you had to hand paint this, this stuff so that it would be sent to a place to make these wallpapers. And, and so I was recreating like these antique French toiles and stuff, this really fancy wallpaper. And my my boss, Melissa Weaver, she's the one that actually taught me that I I could paint. Like, I didn't realize I could paint the way I could paint until that job. And I learned so much about color mixing and colors. Like, it was crazy. Because she put you on task or because it was like a challenge for you too. It was a challenge, but it was also like... You know, it wasn't, you know, art school was a lot about how to think creatively, right? But this was like how to actually physically do it. It was almost mm-hmm. like having uh, back in the day, you know, when you, um, what do you call that? The old masters used to have them. Um, like a salon or like the people who work for them? No. Yeah. Um, 
I've seen it in, in Kerr. I saw it at many big artists in New York. They have people painting those paintings for them. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I worked for Rebecca Morales and, and she's an, this amazing painter and I learned how to paint more from her. Like I've just, everything that has, that I have is thanks to somebody helping me really. That's good. I and, think. Sure, and I'm sure you helping them for sure. Um, <laughs> in different ways. What, um, that leads right into my next question, Ashley. What about, so, I mean, you've done a lot of things, I mean, from not just the technical art stuff, I mean, which you know the technical stuff, but what about, I mean, a lot of other things, management and all different stuff. Um, what What's a skill that you're thankful for that you've learned or like something that you, other people should, you know, a younger person should look out to, you know, put some time into? Huh, that is a really perplexing question a skill that i'm really glad that i have yeah time management i don't know <laughs> yeah but i don't know i've always been the kind of person that shows up on time i'm not yeah. sure time management is natural something <laughs> just anxiety i'm naturally anxious yeah. so i always end up coming someplace now i i really don't know I don't know. I feel like. What about in the art world? I mean, in your art skill set, I mean, I mean, is it picking the right brush or is it the right materials? No, I mean, what's the good skills to learn there? I think with art stuff, I think the best skills to learn is, oh, geez, I don't know. I don't know. I really feel like it's all just about, you know what? I, okay, here. I just think it's all about doing the work. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I only am good at things because I've, put in hundreds of hours at it mm -hmm. the reason that i feel like i'm good at painting is because i've been painting all these years even when i wasn't actually producing my own paintings i was working for someone doing paintings yep. so i feel like one skill i have or one thing that i've always done is like or i like to do is like always pursue learning more you know, I still take like computer classes to improve like my illustra illustrator and how to do this and how to do that. Like teaching yourself the, the most, the most things you can so that you never know when you're going to need them. You went through, you know, through this transformation you're talking about, you still, um, she'll transform it. But what, um, what about attitude? I mean, this is a gratitude attitude show. That's how I like to ask. What about, what's the, uh, anything you learned there as far as, uh. The amount of things I feel like I learned in the last couple of years, I feel at like everybody learned these things when they grew up, but I somehow missed the boat at some point. Mm -hmm. And like, I can relate to that. I feel like, well, I think that artists too are really childish. And I just, that's just naturally, yeah. you know, I can't, you know, I, I think that I, one thing I learned was like, you know, about asking for help. I never, I never really put a lot of stock into, um, into asking for help. You know, I grew up with this idea that I could just do everything myself through self-will and that like that meant something about me and my, and like whether or not I succeeded was all on my own shoulders. And that's just not true. That's not the way the world works at yeah. all. Um, and one thing that I love that Dean and Randy were talking about when they were on your show was this idea of like making mistakes mm -hmm. that everybody makes mistakes. Like the making art is not about making perfect art all the time. Making art is about making art. You know, nothing is perfect. It's all a process. And I feel like that's something that really held me back for a while with making was like 
this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. This isn't good enough was always this refrain. People won't like this. People will hate this. And really making is about 90% of your time is by yourself. Yeah. I do like that part of it. Yeah. It's not for other people in some strange way or it is, but a small part of it is. And so it's like, it's a process of learning about yourself, learning about and getting better and better and better. And inevitably that's going to, you're going to make a lot of things that suck, but it doesn't mean you're a bad artist. I love that when they said that it's so true. Yeah. You got to shoot. You got to, you got to shoot a lot of shots. Yeah. That's for sure. You got to get kicked in the balls by life. But attitude, but keeping a good attitude about it is, I mean, that's the way you keep going forward is like, I guess, keeping it in mind that that's part of, you know, just, I guess, being acknowledging that it is rough or, you know, can be. Yeah. I think acknowledging that life can, can deal you some lemons, but that doesn't mean that you're a lemon mm-hmm. is really important. <laughs> and I feel like realizing what you do have, I mean, the gratitude attitude show, I mean, your life is just really going to suck sometimes. But there's always moments in it that you should be that you could be grateful for. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so it's all about perspective. That's mm-hmm. the crazy thing. Like you how you approach the world is all your choice. Like you can choose to have a perspective. I mean, I'm sure people will get pissed off for me saying that that you have the control over choosing. Because I mean, really bad things happen. But like yeah. you know, my stepfather died. Uh, like a year and a half ago from mm-hmm. a terminal illness and he had to go to hospice and he had to make some really difficult choices about his own life. And I had to be there to bear witness to that. And oh, it was sorry. very difficult. Right. And I was, but the fact that I was there to give my mom comfort and to give myself father comfort and to give my family comfort, I was grateful for that. I was grateful that my stepfather was cognizant and like would could talk to me and be there and we could share stories. Yeah. It's like that's the stuff that I look back on. So when I think about like really tough times, um, especially like in sobriety, like tough times, it's so different because it's like I'm so grateful for the things that I do have even in those moments, like the connections I do have even in those moments. Before – I used to be like, why is this happening to me? This is so awful. My life sucks so bad. Why is this is unfair? I don't deserve mm-hmm. this. All this crazy self-pity. And so I feel like gratitude is the antidote to all of that. It really is. It really is. I think so. And yeah, that's great that you were able to be there for them for sure. And just be open. Like you said earlier, I think that's like a key to it, just being open to whatever these things are to be able to have those experiences. That's awesome. Yeah, I think being open-minded is crazy important. I think being being in gratitude is crazy important. And I think that thinking about other people before yourself is crazy important. That's for sure. That's for sure. Do you you think that... uh with the when you weren't sober do you think it was because you knew you had to exit that you could feel that way because there was a door you could take with the liquor you know whatever your crutch was that you could have those gripes and that kind of thing i think that i think that um it's just a trait of alcoholics to be kind of um selfish and think that everything is happening to them and play victim I think that's like a, just like a natural thing. And I think that when you're 
when you're in that mindset state, you think that you should like when you're in that you deserve like you're just trying you're just trying to fill your wants like mm -hmm. you're just trying to answer your wants and your wants are that you want to drink booze to escape right um and so then you have to stop when you stop drinking booze all the time you have to look at that part of the the equation and be honest about it but the booze just sort of helps you cover all that up it like helps you stay away from um acknowledging or looking at yourself in 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 any way yep. does that make sense oh for sure <laughs> no for sure no i've been there with that kind of thing that's for sure and i'm, I'm very proud of you ashley and here and glad to see that uh you come through that and headed to awesome places and it's coming out in the artwork that's for sure that's what, and I'm so that's what I'm glad you're communicating those things in, in your way. Um, Thanks. I mean, I'm really happy. You know, I'm sort of, I still have, a, <laughs> I was saying to somebody the other day, though, it's like it goes away. It's like whack a mole. You know, you stop drinking and, and get, you get sober, and then all of a sudden you like want to eat candy all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a replacement. <laughs> and then you like want to shop all the time. I mean, I think that's a problem in our culture. Like, I think everybody suffers from this in one fit, shape or form. And it's just right, like, right. yeah, oh yeah, it's acknowledging it. No, that's for sure. That is, it's it's coming from all different angles, and that's how they our society set up. That's for sure. Yeah, it's no. like if I buy this thing, if I wear this outfit, if I do this thing, then I will be awesome, and I will be unique, and I will, you know, be whole or whatever. And that's just not the truth. Mm -hmm. I'm a bogo. They get me on the bogo. <sighs> buy one, get one. They get me every time. I, they throw that ad out. Oh my god! Last night, Starburst. I got two Starburst. Didn't need two Starburst, but hey, we needed them. We got them. Yeah, um, this this whole conversation is making me realize I really need to stop watching QVC and HSN. Like, I feel that? now that I've outed myself that I'm like, hmm. You've admitted it. There you go. This is unhealthy. <laughs> I think that, you know what? I think you're an early adopter, Ashley. That's the thing I've always noticed that you, and I've been doing it personally. Actually, this is funny for work. We've been doing a lot of research on live commerce and like where it's headed in, and it's really on the cusp. And so I think that, and you, we see it, um, over and over. So I think you're just early adopter. You're always ahead oh, of the nice. curve. You're ahead of the curve. Well, I was trying to like, for me, I was like, how is this still a thing? Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Like how are people still, cause with the, you can buy anything anywhere, anytime on the internet. Like how, why are people still doing this? And I think it's because it's like having your friend on the TV yep. or something. Like I just think people are lonely. They're closing the deal. I'll send you a lot of research if you want to see the research on it. But yeah, there's some, there's a lot of um, connection that's missing. It's and after COVID with all this, you you know you do need it in some ways. Says, you know where it's popular? The luxury market. It's people who are big spenders. People are buying multi-million dollar houses, bags. You know, twenty thousand dollar bags on live commerce or having a concierge type approach. That's for sure. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, Ashley, it's been awesome to talk to you. It's been great to have you on the show. Anything, you have any questions for me? Anything else that we, we didn't cover? Anything you didn't? God, I don't know. I don't even know what I said for the last amount of time. I'm sure some things didn't make sense, but that's okay. Um, I don't have any questions for you. I'm just so grateful <laughs> for our friendship, honestly. Me too. It's been great to, it's been great to be connected with you and I'm glad to have you on the show and stay uh, to catch up with you. This is my excuses to catch up with awesome people. That's for sure. It's a good excuse. I always like how you're always 
doing something new. You're always doing something and you're uh -huh. always trying new things. And it's totally, you know, that's one thing I'm grateful for with my friends. I feel like I've surrounded myself with people. I've been lucky enough to have people around me that are always trying, always changing, always attempting to figure out the world and their place in it and bring good things and be good people. I agree. I think it's so important. I think I, th I think of you as one of those people too, Ashley. Boom, boom, there you go. Boom. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show, Ashley. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show. Please share with a friend and subscribe to hear more interviews with creative people.